Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by Betio Taranaki. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Melissa, and I'm joined by Kelsey. How's it going? Going so good, even though we're stuck with some pretty average Taranaki weather at the moment. Classic for late July, we must say. Yeah, I guess. It's not the goods when you're just wanting to get over this whole winter spell, are you? Yeah. So, Melissa, I'm pretty excited to let everyone know who we've got featuring on the podcast today. So, topic for today we're looking at is 10 mistakes you make in your 20s. And this is brought to us by the gal behind the scenes. And we've got Annie here, who's a marketing manager or coordinator here at Bidio Tanaki. So, hey, Annie. Hello. So, Good this one was here. a bit of a hot topic for you, wasn't it? Yes. So, we're trying to think of ways that we can better manage our money in our 20s but most of these things are quite relevant regardless of your time and life time and age so one thing i also kind of was thinking any of you listeners out there that this doesn't quite fit to you there might be some children that you have that this could be quite a relevant podcast to send in their direction so feel free to do that as well i think in your 20s everything's just really exciting and that you have control of your life potentially for the first time you potentially have your first job and you're like I am in the money and you just get a little bit excited a little bit distracted and don't quite know what to do with it so hopefully today we can give everyone a few hints and tips about what they should be thinking of when it comes to their money before they spend it all. Before we get stuck in, I just wanted to throw in our usual disclaimer that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature and is no substitute for tailored advice specific to your particular circumstances. If you do need advice, make sure to touch base with your usual advisor or touch base with us, melancal at bdo.co.nz. So we're just going to go through a quick fire 10 tips to you using to best um, avoid making some major money mistakes. So the first one would be not budgeting. Now this isn't just about not actually creating a budget, but also not even knowing how to budget. It's not something we're learning at school nowadays. So quite often it's your reliance on your parents to teach you this. But there is opportunities if it's gone on YouTube. Have a look. Find out the information for yourself because creating a budget and mostly sticking to a budget is a very important financial decision. Mm, Yeah, no, I must say I do struggle with this one. And when you're budgeting, it's not about having something big and fancy. Uh, It could be as simple as how much do I earn in a week or a fortnight? And then what expenses do I possibly have? How much do I usually spend on petrol? Or what expenses do you have around home, your rent, power, those sorts of things, and go... Okay, so these are my bills I have to pay. Let's put that money aside. And then what's left over? And you want to make sure that whatever your core expenses and your leftover quote-unquote fun money Mm -hmm. um, don't exceed the amount of income that you're going to be earning because otherwise that's when you get yourself in trouble. Absolutely. And if you do want to dive into a bit more of a spell on this, I do believe we have a podcast episode on personal budgeting that we recorded with Jaden. So feel free to flip back into that and have a look into the best way to be building your own personal budgets. All right. Tip number two is not setting financial goals. And this really does go hand in hand with budgeting because 
your goals are what do you actually want to end up doing is it you ultimately want to buy a new car buy a house go on an amazing overseas holiday now that the world's open back up again it's what do you want to put your money towards and once you have a goal then you can start looking at the steps of how you're going to get from where you are now to where you want to be going Mm, definitely um I find with this one in your 20s I feel like it's hard to think big picture because you do seem so young and it's like oh 30 that's ages away and then it'll just sneak up like Mm. crazy and then you just yeah I feel like it's so hard to even think about putting money away for a house or you know a new car or anything like that it's kind of just in the moment that kind of mindset which probably isn't a good thing and it's not just about having the big goals of it being of being the house or anything like that it can just be Starting off with a little goal of maybe if you're really new at it and love to spend, maybe it's just I want to have $1,000 in my bank account as savings at the end of the month. It could be that smaller goal, but just get yourself in the mindset of setting a goal, trying to get there, sticking to it, and you'll feel a lot better about it. And I think this leads really well on to tip number three, and that's the case of saving for things rather than using the more convenient credit card or afterpay. So this is especially topical when looking to buy a new house. Banks are going to be looking through your bank statements and if they see Afterpay or the likes, it's just going to be an automatic red flag for them. Afterpay, although it sounds great, you get the things straight away, but it does suck when you have to keep paying for something that you've already got. You can't get over that, and especially with a credit card with a high balance, you're going to be charged quite high interest rates. So these are definitely something to be avoiding in your 20s and to be honest, in all stages of your life. And if you really do need to use a credit card or afterpay for something that you need to purchase, it's really important that you factor in those ongoing payments because that's where people get themselves in trouble, that they chuck it on afterpay, they go, she'll be right, enjoy all of their new fancy goods, and then when it actually comes to paying for it, they forget they need to factor in the payments miss payments or they end up having to take money from elsewhere and ending up short. So it's a really key thing to remember to factor those payments in if you do find yourself having to use it for a really good reason. Tip number four, we've got KiwiSaver. So we have KiwiSaver available Mm -hmm. to all New Zealand residents, whether you're 18 to 65. Now, the joy of KiwiSaver is that it gives you a government contribution, which is just north of about $520 each year. Now, the only thing you need to do to get that is to essentially contribute that times two. So this is probably the best return you're going to get on any investment. It's a 50% return for that first $1,000. So definitely a recommendation to at least be paying in that minimum amount to KiwiSaver and giving yourself a leg up for the future. It may feel like really far away in your early 20s to be thinking about retirement savings, but remember KiwiSaver is not just about those retirement savings for 40 years' time, but being able to withdraw a deposit for your first house from KiwiSaver. And if you are just putting in those minimum contributions, then it will actually build up over time. So even if you're only putting in a little amount for 40 years by the time you actually get to retirement age, then you will actually have a decent nest egg that will help support you through your retirement where you can have more fun times. Mm, I definitely agree. And I think this one's a really good one because you put in that percentage and then you just see it disappear from, well, you don't even see it disappear. It just vanishes and you don't even account for that money that's gone. It just is accumulating somewhere else and, 
you don't see it until you need it. So I think that's a real good one. Mm. What an easy way to be saving yeah. or investing, right? Mm. Mm. Yep, definitely. All right, tip number five, not investing your money. So that's something that if you are you know, living paycheck to paycheck, then you might be making the mistake of not putting money away for an investment. And it kind of is a way of just not taking a risk that the money that you've got in your bank account, that's what it's worth. And again, it's a little bit of that future planning of how can you turn, say, $100 today into more than $100 tomorrow and looking at different investment horizons and seeing what's out there. Mm, It's a very daunting thing, though, investing. Like, I feel like you have to know what you're doing to even begin with it Um, and putting money aside when I feel like in your 20s you're kind of not low income but probably not the highest that you'll see around and, you know, putting money aside for something that you might not even get any benefit from is pretty, yeah, pretty daunting. It really is, but... I definitely don't believe that I'm an expert on it. I am the typical short of time, don't have the time to be doing the investing. But for me, I just use the typical 20s cheesies and you just feel like you're doing something. You've you've given your money a chance to grow. Not doing so well at the moment, I must admit. (laughs) But it's future-proofing. And the point of investing and the point of investing young is the, the returns and the compounding returns. So when you're looking at putting money into something like KiwiSaver and another investment that you receive interest on, when you receive interest, you then start to accumulate further interest on that interest, if that makes sense. Mm. So the sooner in your life that you put that money aside, even if it's $1,000, $1,000 that is put into a savings account now will have a whole lot more in there when you're 65 than if you put that $1,000 in there when you're 40. Mm. So that's why I think it's a mistake in your 20s. You don't need to be going out and investing lots and lots of money. You just need to do something because anything you invest now will be worth so much more in the future. Mm. And it's just understanding that there are different types of returns as well. So you can have things that are quite safe, things that are your interest-bearing, even if it's just a savings account or a term deposit that have low interest rates but are giving you a return all the way through to your share investments, which are higher risk. So you might find in your early 20s that you don't have that bigger risk appetite, that you don't want to chuck some money into the share market and ride the highs and lows that come with that. But even if you're starting to invest, starting to educate yourself about those different types of investments and the different risks that are associated, then at least you're starting to build up a little bit of a savings portfolio and then you can get a little bit more adventurous as you get a little bit older and know a little bit more and maybe have a little bit more money that some of those riskier returns may be a little bit more appealing. Definitely just do your research would be the main thing. Like we are not investment analysts we're not people who can give investment advice so going out and talking to those people yeah you're not going to have a hundred thousand dollars to chuck into a craig's portfolio but there are people around that are happy to help out those that are just trying to dabble a little bit into doing investments and investments can be in property and it can be in shares this and it can be in an interest bank account it doesn't just need to be your typical like yep i'm going in and putting a hundred thousand dollars in an investment it needs to be something that works for you. So if that is property, if that is paying off your mortgage quicker, that's an investment just as much as putting money into a bank account and saving it as well. Tip number six um, that is get out of the treat yourself mindset. I think 
we are all incredibly guilty of this one. I know I am. <laughs> I um, And it's the thing of getting to the end of the week or maybe you've had a hard day and it's just like, I am going to buy this thing that I don't necessarily need but I really want and I'm going to buy it for myself as a treat. And obviously... From time to time, we do need to give ourselves the things that we want as well as the things that we need. But we don't want to make those impulsive decisions and make them frequently because then we end up spending a lot of money very frequently. And again, we end up with less money in our bank account for the things that we actually need. Yeah, I'm a shocker with this one. 100%. Highs and lows. Highs reward myself, lows. I need to feel better. It's terrible. I need to snap out of this habit. (laughs) And it's not, it's very common and it's not about completely eliminating it, but Mm. it's finding the things that you actually need to give yourself or giving yourself better thresholds. And it's human nature. We want to feel good and material things do make us feel amazing. But it's, it's finding that way of how can I be smart with my money and also have have some nice things from time to time without it being excessive Mm. um and it probably also does come back to a little bit of mental health chickens of not actually getting all of those feel-good feelings from material things it's how can we find those highs and fix those low lows without doing it with material goods is probably also a key thing that we learn in our 20s Absolutely. I've been a shocker as well recently. New house, wanting to make it look beautiful so that when I walk in, I feel good. Mm. But it's finding ways to do that within budget. Mm. So, yeah, I want that mirror. It's $1,000. Can't afford that mirror. Mm. I'm going to go get one that's $200. Mm. You know, it's about maybe making more informed decisions so that instead of, you know, you're feeling like you want something, do the research and make sure that you're making a research decision rather than just going out and buying it because you do have those regrets. And how many things have you had for such a short period of time? You're like, oh, I don't even this like this taking up space. Yeah. And I guess the thing is, if you do go out and you are window shopping and you do find that lovely $1,000 mirror, sometimes when you take a step back and you go and look at other places, you may find the exact same looking mirror from not a brand store and it may only cost you $150 and looking at the two mirrors you wouldn't know any different Mm -hmm. and so it is kind of the thing of making smart decisions rather than again making those designer label choices that we kind of want to especially in our 20s when we're trying to look fancy and you want to um, look cold. Yeah, having all the labels because yeah, it, it, <laughs> it makes you feel good that you've got a label, something in your house, or you've got you know, something that is labelled that you can wear out on a night out. Mm. But it's getting that balance of stuff that looks nice but also isn't going to break the bank. Mm, and definitely I think we also just don't need as much. Like quantity-wise, it's just like consumerism is crazy. It's just mm-hmm. more, more, more. Yeah, it's so hard to break out of that mindset. And how many things are just sitting in your garage or in your cupboard yeah. that you've never used oh before? Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's crazy. I see there's so many people in there selling their pre-loved things, and it's like, yeah. worn once, yeah. still with tags. <laughs> that was a really that good investment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not going to take the tags off, then you probably don't need it. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's like almost so like a vibe to live by. If I'm yeah. not going to take these tabs off, I'm not buying it. Yeah. So we've got number seven. Now, tip 
Number seven or common mistake would be not sacrificing short-term experiences for the hope of long-term gratification. So what we're meaning by this is being impulsive, spending money now so that you can enjoy short-term experiences, but that is taking away from long-term goals and long-term satisfaction. So instead of putting money aside to save for a big overseas holiday, we're going on a weekend away and then we can't go overseas and all we've substituted it for is a weekend away now. Mm. Yeah, I'm terrible with this one. I pretty much go away most weekends. Um, petrol is just ridiculous and I don't really account for it. I don't. You don't realise how expensive that weekend away, even if you're driving three hours, then there's all the food and the little like things you go to, drinks, you know, all of that. It just adds up and then all of a sudden you've got no money for food the next week and you're like, what have I done? And it's so short term and it's so fun and, the, you know, for those two days. But, yeah, as you say, then you, you're missing out on, yeah, that longer term gratification, like something bigger in the future mm. that could give you more... Maybe it might be that it's for a longer time, but it also might be something more permanent in your life mm. that you can see every single day and just be more satisfied with that. And that's going to develop you more as well, like mm-hmm. just not just a short little weekend, but mm. yeah, something that will actually add and, value to your life. And it's definitely a balancing act because you don't want to feel like every weekend you're giving up something for something that is so far in the future that you can't touch it, that it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want to cancels all of your plans or never do anything in the here and now but it's having that balancing act and it probably does come back to that tip number one of have budget and in that budget have have some money put aside for your here and now of your friends text you and wants says let's go to dinner Mm -hmm. so you've got that budget there that you can go yep I can do dinner and I can Mm -hmm. afford that but in your budget you also have that amount that is savings for your future overseas holiday and so you've kind of allowing for both of those things. So it's not all of that money in the here and now, but you're getting the best of both worlds so that you're not just always going without. But mm. it definitely is. The, the bigger things do feel a lot better. I can say that as good as a weekend away does feel from time to time, that big, long holiday, further than you could go on a weekend, longer than a weekend, definitely you feel more refreshed from that if we're just talking about a simple break and it's all just comes down to planning and saving and putting that Mm. extra little bit aside week on week that allows you to do it Mm. so if we're looking into mistake number eight this one is not having emergency savings now remember back when COVID first hit in 2020 we're reading a stat and it was something along the lines of about 50% of New Zealanders had less than $1,000 saved in their bank account. And that shocked me because at the time, everyone was really worried. People were thinking they're going to be losing their jobs. They weren't going to have any income. And $1,000 isn't going to go nowhere. Mm. So I guess recommended from the powers that be and everyone who's got the money to have the savings around would be to have three months worth of your expenses saved in a savings account available at all times. And that does cover you if you're made redundant or something major happens in your life, whether it's sickness or whatnot. And we're not saying that everyone can can actually afford that. But what I do think is important is having some sort of emergency savings. You said it earlier, mm-hmm. Melissa, whether it's having $1,000 sitting there so that if your car breaks down, you can fix it. Mm. So that if your phone breaks, because that's the main thing, we can't live without our phones. So what are you going to do if your phone breaks? 
Nothing. <laughs> you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to put it on afterpay. You're going to put it on a high purchase and you're going to get a new one and you're going to repaying that for two years. Yeah. I think what's important with this one as well is also defining what an emergency is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like sometimes you can see that money sitting there and you're like, well, this bag is actually an emergency purchase. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done it myself. Because I, oh, I do have an emergency savings and I put $50 a week into it. Yep. You know, just slowly building it up and I haven't had any emergencies yet. But, you know, it is things like car, like this, mm-hmm. I define it by car, electronics, dentist, doctor, those things that you don't account for in your everyday bills, mm-hmm. like rent and all of that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, you have that backup and it's building, you know, just, and once you put it aside, you just don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's working for me anyway. And sometimes it is hard, as you say, if you do have the savings and you do have something that you really, really, really want. <laughs> It can be really tempting just to take the emergency fund and put it to something that's not an emergency, but it is about having that self-control over that fund. So key thing and message, I think, to take out of this is that making sure you do have some sort of emergency savings. Go through your budget. Put aside whether it's $20 a week, $50 a week, something that you can afford to have put aside. Put it in the bank account that you cannot access from your EFOS card, something you actually have to go into the bank or transfer from your internet banking so that you do have something for if emergency does strike. You don't want to be in the position where one of these emergencies happen and you are living paycheck to paycheck and you have to try and figure out what you're going to go without. You don't want one of these emergencies to happen and then you have to cut back on your general expenses you don't want to your, your life shouldn't be interrupted because something unfortunate happens whether it's health or uh, something breaks down so that's why this emergency fund is really helpful to so if something does happen that you do have a contingency absolutely now number nine biggest mistakes made in your 20s is actually very common so number nine would be relying on your parents into your 20s, you're feeling like you're an adult, but quite often parents are always there as a backstop, whether it's paying for your insurance, paying for you to go to the dentist. Parents tend to hold on and be there because they want to see their kids thrive. They want to see their kids succeed and they want to help. But it builds a really bad mentality for you personally because you're used to having things sorted. And there's no personal accountability that everything that is costly for me, I'm covering. So number nine is stop relying on your parents. Yeah, this is this is one. My parents are very generous with me and my siblings. So it is those things like insurance and things like that that I don't even, you know, bat an eyelid with. Like, if, you know, if they probably weren't paying for it, then I wouldn't be, you know, because I probably can't even really afford it. Like, I, well, if I prioritised it, I probably could. But it's something that I'm like, no, that's not on my priority list. I don't know whether that's a mentality of, you know, being 20. Um, but no, they they are very generous. And I didn't think it was relying on them, but now that we're talking about it and now that I've thought about it coming up to this podcast episode, it definitely is because there are things that I would definitely go without if it weren't for them, which is probably not great because if they did decide to cut me off for whatever reason, I'd be pretty screwed. <laughs> Yeah. It is true, and you do see it. Um, I even just remember, like, starting uni and the people who were getting, like, after uni jobs to help support themselves and then the people who had maybe their accommodation or something covered by parents. Just a different mentality, and it's not that 
you know, that is definitely an amazing privilege if your parents can support you in whatever way. But it's taking that reliance away from it and somehow, even if they are paying for something, like factoring in the fact that they are covering that cost for you. And that if that were to stop, that you would have to cover that cost yourself. And it's figuring out and actually giving value to what you are receiving mm-hmm. from your parents if they are in that position to support you so that you are going, okay, that is a cost. That would be my cost. Yes, I have the the, the privilege of my parents supporting me, mm-hmm. but that's not going to happen forever. And one day I am going to have to sort that for myself. Yeah, that's so important, I think. yeah, It's a mentality thing as well, right? Because... The concern would be that you get so used to relying on someone that then in the future you would substitute your parents for someone else. So whether that's a partner or a friend or someone you live with, and then you become so reliant on someone else. So whether it's a partner who's making a whole lot more money and they're paying for a lot of your living expenses, and then you aren't able to make decisions that are best for you whenever you're relying on anyone, no matter what the circumstance is. And our final mistake that people make in their 20s is foregoing insurance. And insurance definitely comes under what I would say an emergency fund. Um, And that people kind of go, she'll be right. Or I think the given is when you think of car insurance and people are like, I'm just going to get third party insurance. um, It's definitely something don't underestimate the importance of insurance because if something were to happen, say to your car, if you did get into a fender bender, whether or not you caused it, and you had to fix your car, um, if you have insurance, yes, we all hope that we pay our insurance and we're never going to need it. So it could very easily be a case of, I'm not going to crash my car this year, I don't need to pay that money to my insurance company. That's a huge risk, because anything can happen, and if your car did get in an accident then somehow you have to find the money to pay for those repairs yourself and insurance Mm. is that backstop yes you have to pay the premium and that can be quite a bit upfront if you're paying it in one amount and if you did need to call on your insurance you also have to pay for that the excess so I feel like Melissa's like personally talking to me because I do (laughs) tend to have to use my vehicle insurance on a regular basis (laughs) However, I'm grateful it's there. Yes, I my excess for the um, dent that's going to be fixed next month um, <laughs> is $500, but it's a whole lot cheaper than if I had to pay for that myself. So that could be two, $3,000 that I would be having to find the money for. So it's not just car insurance, though. We're talking about mm-hmm. contents insurance, especially when you're down at uni or whatever. Things go missing. Oh, yeah. So it's a case of mm. having some contents insurance as well so that things like iPads, laptops, phones are all covered so that if something does go wrong you're speaking a couple of hundred dollars to replace them rather than thousands. Mm. And I think the mindset in your 20s is that you haven't been earning money or for that long or at all even. Um, so you don't actually have that many expensive, nice things. And so it's kind of like, you know, is it really that worth it if I lose my $600 phone or, you know, mm. things like that. I feel like that could be the mindset that you're kind mm. of stuck in and it's weighing up like at this age, is it worth it? But... But you spend so much money splurging. Yeah. When you when you come into here and you're like, treat yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you're like, you know what? Okay, maybe I do insurance. have thousands of dollars of clothes and jewelry yeah. and makeup that maybe I should. And it does add up. up. Like it does. you think it's only a hundred dollars here and there, but when you've got you know 
10 dresses, 13 tops and 5 pairs of pants that are all at $200 each will help. I'm not good at maths, but I know that's a lot of money. <laughs> and I think the thing is, is we all hope that we're going to be the lucky one that never needs to call on it. We're yeah. never going to be the person who house gets broken into, something happens to your house. Say, say there's a fire. None of us think that that's going to happen to us. Mm. That's the stuff of that you think happens to other people. Mm. And so you think, I'm going to be okay. Mm. But there is always a risk that, you know, you could be that unlucky person at some stage and you want to make sure that you're covered in, in, in the event of that happening, whether you had to replace everything you own, whether you had to repair your car, your house, anything like that. All of those things are really expensive. Mm. Yeah. It's just good peace of mind, though. Yeah, mind. Mm. There's something. There's a luxury of not having to worry about things like that. Yeah, it is a luxury. Mm. It really is, definitely. And just think, if one of those bad things did happen to you in your early twenties, and you had to fork out that kind of money, it is going to set you back in your oh, money yeah. journey mm. um, a lot more than somebody else who did have insurance. So it may feel like a couple of hundred bucks that is hard to find right now, but it's going to be a lot easier than trying to find thousands and thousands of dollars or borrow to replace some of these things if something did unfortunately happen to you. Absolutely. So thank you, Annie, so much for joining us and giving us some of your pearls of wisdom <laughs> for someone just making it into their 20s. Yes, no, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it very much. And listen out, everyone. We This is our first episode outside of our entrepreneurial series, but we do have an episode coming up in a little while where we've got another entrepreneur which we're looking and very excited to interview. So please make sure you're looking out for that one too. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unlocking Business Potential. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to head along to your favorite podcast app and like, rate and subscribe so that you can receive notifications on when the next episodes are released. And if you do have any questions for either myself or Melissa or are in need of tailored advice, please do not hesitate to contact us at melancal at bdo.co.nz. And we look forward to joining you next time on Unlocking Business Potential, your business and advisory podcast backed by BDO Taranaki.